Thanks for listening to the Calvary Baptist Church Podcast. For more information, check us out at cbctaylorville.com. Join us now as our guest speaker delivers this week's message. Good morning. I am honored to be here, but I'm also, I'm very honored to to be with um, these young men and young women. And you know a couple of them very, very well. So Michaela and Tate, uh, give them a hand. Aren't they good? I really do love them. Uh, they, they really are very talented, but also um, they love the Lord. They represent the Lord, and I'm so thankful for who they are and what they're doing with their lives. Uh, Calvary Baptist Church, I have heard Calvary Baptist Church of Taylorville, Illinois, for so long, and I've never been here. And I'm glad to be here today. So uh, thank you for who you are. Uh, you, you are an important part of our fellowship of churches, and, and just so, so many dear friends have come from here and been a part of this, and now uh, sending out, continually sending out more into this, uh, in this world is so absolutely necessary. So we, we exist to train people to use their life for Jesus Christ. And that may be in a full-time context in a ministry, but it also may be as a teacher. It also may be as a businessman. Uh, I, I've come to realize that your ministry is your life, regardless of where you are using it and, and spending that, that time. So I, I'm so thankful for who you are and what you're doing, and I'm excited for you. Um, going through a transition uh, is... is uh, it's a scary time because you, you, you think you're, gonna, you're, you're really going to like the new guy, right? And, and you think, you know, you, you just need to decide, I'm going to love this guy. We're going to love him and we're going to help him and, and serve right alongside him. And so it's an exciting time. Um, just decide it's an exciting time and, uh, and, and dig in. But it really is an incredible privilege to be here. Well, the last couple of years um, <laughs> have been something else, haven't they? Uh, and and I, as the as the coronavirus began taking over the world and America, um, I, I I talked to a lot of pastors. I, I was a senior pastor for 25 years, and and uh, I excited for God to use my life. And then I've been at Baptist Bible College almost 10 years now, and uh, guys would say, "So what do we? How do we?" And I just had to say, "I don't know. I mean, nobody has ever been through this. We don't know." You know, what is going on or how to handle it. So one step at a time, um, we seek God and we trust him and we follow him. But, but the, the, this, this coronavirus has greatly affected churches. It's greatly affected businesses. It's greatly affected colleges. And uh, we, we still, every day, we face uh, decisions to make regarding different protocols and so forth. We have coronavirus issues. Our country has had political issues. Did you know that? And you're in Illinois. God bless you. <laughs> Be strong. Yeah, hang in there. Did you know that hot dogs also made the news last year? On July 4th, there is a hot dog eating contest every year. You know about this? Nathan? Oh, you all do. Look at that. Oh, yeah. You're up on the hot dog news. Well... Joey Chestnut, um, he ate 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes to win his 14th mustard belt. (laughs) 
Have you ever seen that contest on TV? Or It's the most disgusting thing. <laughs> I, I, I feel awful because I love good hot dogs. And then what they do to them is just disgusting. I, I, I watched this little documentary about, did you know there's a competitive eater's league? So this documentary, they... they introduced several of the competitive eaters. And this is what grabbed my attention so much. One of them calls himself a faith-based competitive eater. And I thought, well, I know a bunch of us like that, you know, right? We're, we're all... <laughs> he called himself the Billy Graham of Ham. <laughs> That's an awesome nickname, isn't it? Well, I just... It just occurs to me, watching these guys do this, competitive eaters, they travel around and they eat what some people are doing with their life. What some people are, are doing, they're spending their life doing some crazy, crazy things. The other night I saw a guy on late night television. He was obsessed with paper airplanes. And, and he has dedicated his life to making and inventing paper airplanes. And they really, he had some examples, they're really pretty cool, right? If that's what you want to do with your entire life, make paper airplanes. Eat hot dogs, make paper airplanes. Have you ever watched someone, have you ever watched them do something and you just thought, what are you doing? Why would you do that? I, I, what, what are you doing with your life? So, so I want to ask that question today, why we do what we do, why we do what we do. I, I use my life now, I, I, I grew up in Michigan, and then I became a pastor, and I, I, I grew up, I was a policeman for a few years, and so I, I, I want to make sure parents with students there understand that, that I was a policeman for a while, and I still have that those eyes. I don't trust anybody around our campus. And, and then I sensed God's call on my life. My, my wife and I, this is my wife, Barb, we went to youth camp as adult leaders, just like some of you. We were, we were sitting in our congregation just like this, and my pastor said, would you go to youth camp to be a, to be a leader? I said, sure. We took a week's vacation, and that week God called us into ministry. So so we, we got married, and we moved to Baptist Bible College, and we prepared for ministry. Went into the ministry, went, went back to my home church in Michigan. And I was there for, for 10 years, and then we moved to Ohio. And uh, we, we moved to Springfield after I had been a pastor for 25 years. I love being a pastor. It's still who I am on the inside. I love it. I, and I, I, it's tough. It's a tough job. But, man, I loved it so much, and God blessed us. And, but I realized this. I need to use my life. I, I, I knew this. If we stayed in, at our church in Medina, Ohio, we were getting ready to build this big auditorium. And I was, we, we could reach thousands there. But I knew if I went to Baptist Bible College and I worked with young men and young women, we could reach millions of people for Christ. That's why I do what I do. So, so we're excited about where we're at as a college. We're excited about what's going on. Um, thank you for 
sending a couple of your very sharp young people. They're awesome. Um, I, I, Tate is so talented. Um, no one comes onto campus and within two weeks travels with a team. But Tate did. And uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, and <clears throat> this will totally go to her head, but I love Michaela. <laughs> she makes me smile no matter where we're at, no matter where, no matter what room, no matter what hallway, she catches my eye. Hey, Brad. <laughs> you cannot be around her and not be uplifted. That's the kind of person she is. I love you. And I, I don't, did you, who, who taught you how to sing like that? My word. Uh, you are gifted and talented. Yeah. <laughs> well, we love you very, very much. And I'm so very, very proud of you. So we have, we have a college that's dedicated to preparing lives to be used for Jesus Christ. Again, no matter whether you're in full-time ministry, foreign ministry, uh, business, education. And just a year ago, we started online degree programs. And so you could stay right here. Um, what, what some people have found is they, they aren't able to, to just quit. Back, back in the day, there was no online, and so we just quit our jobs, and we moved there to prepare. But now, maybe you have a great job, but you want to, maybe you have started a degree but never finished. Um, we can help you do that. Maybe you have a desire in your heart to, to get a, an advanced degree. We have undergraduate degrees. We have graduate degree programs, and I'm very excited about them. The, the level of quality is very, very good. We have professors that are highly qualified and have gotten really good responses so far. So it's a, it's a really, it's the fastest growing part of our college right now. So if you are interested at all, I left some cards um, that have some information back there, and I'll just leave those here at the church with you. But, but glad to talk to you about that. Um, just, just think about it. It would help you. It might help your career. Um, but it's a great opportunity to, to do something you've always wanted to do. That's why I do what I do with my life, is so that you will be better prepared to say yes to whatever God asks you to do. That, that's why I kept taking classes. That's why I kept going to conferences. That's why I keep reading books, is so that I can be able to say yes to whatever God asks me to do. Now, a lot of people, they will spend their life doing different things. Some spend their lives eating hot dogs. Some spend their lives making paper airplanes. I hope you can say, I spend my life making a difference for Jesus Christ in this world. That, that's, that's what we're going we're gonna to talk a little bit about today. I, I, um, one, one other thing that just came to my, my mind as I was thinking about how people spend their life. Um, during the last Olympics, I love to watch sports. I love to watch the Olympics. Um, we're getting ready to start the Winter Olympics, and so, so I, I'm sure there will be some great stories come out of that. But, but during the... the the, the last Olympics, um, I tried to find something on during the middle of the afternoon. I, there was no uh, competitions that I, that I really cared for. Or knew. The only competition that was on was the trampoline competition. Do I need to talk about being on a trampoline with my young people? <laughs> Who's been on a trampoline in the last day or so? Yeah. Yeah. This story may apply. May apply to you. So so I was not gonna watch a trampoline. Who who watches the trampoline competition? I did so I was about ready to turn the, the television off and then the announcer says, Coming up, the American. I'm like, whoa. 
got to watch the American, right? So, so I wait and, and I wait and, and, and watch these guys. And so I'm, I'm watching the trampoline competition. That's how you watch the trampoline. Wow, he jump, they jump high, and these trampolines are huge, and I watch him. And our guy comes up, and I watch him. Our, the American, I'm like, come on, USA, you know, and I watch him, and I watch him. And he goes way up, and our guy, the USA, our guy goes, he goes way up, and he comes down, and he misses the trampoline. It's the Olympics. We are not very good at the trampoline. We're good at basketball and swimming and track and field, but not at the trampoline. Then I heard them interview this guy. I heard them interview our trampoline expert there. He said this, and this is what caught my attention. 12 years of training gone in 20 seconds. I was telling myself to go big. It's the Olympics. If you're going to go big, this is the time. But he said a phrase that grabbed my attention. He had invested 12 years of his life to jumping on a trampoline. I just started thinking about this poor, pathetic trampoline bouncing man. (laughs) He had invested 12 years of his life to doing what my grandkids do out in my backyard. It's just amazing to me what some people, they live and die for. They give their entire life towards what? That's the question today. Why do you do what you do? What are you doing with your life? That's what I want to challenge you with today. What are you doing with your life? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to the church at Corinth. If you know a little bit about him, Paul has traveled around helping to start churches, and Paul stopped in Corinth for a very short time, and he dropped off a couple of people named Priscilla and Aquila. And they helped to start a church there, and and Paul had to take off. But that church grew, but, but if you recall, we read the letter of 1 Corinthians knowing they had a lot of problems, Right? They had some very serious issues in that church. They had some problems in that church, so they write the Apostle Paul a letter, and they said, Paul, we've got some problems here. I mean, I mean, we're, 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 we're doing good as a church, but, but, but we really, we, we got some problems. And Paul writes back and says, you got some problems, and this is the problem, and this is how you deal with it. Pretty stern letter to them. That's the letter of 1 Corinthians. A few years go by, Paul continues to travel they write back to Paul and they say, Paul, we did what you said. We, we have some more questions. And Paul, we, we need you. Would you come? And Paul's writing back to them and he's saying, I am out doing what God has called me to do. I, I, I can't come. So he writes them the letter of second Corinthians that we have and in chapter 5 Paul says this is why I do what I do so we're going to walk through these verses today and learn this is what Paul is giving his life towards doing what God has called him to do so the first thing we read is this why do we do what we do the first thing is because God wants us to 
because God wants us to. Verse 9, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 9 says, Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. So the Apostle Paul is, is telling the Corinthians, the reason that we serve the Lord, whether, whether we are here or someplace else, the reason that we do everything is because God wants us to use our life to make a difference for him. And Paul said, if I am with you or if I'm someplace else, you need to know I'm all about Jesus Christ in my life. Paul says this. This, this is a powerful thing. He says there is a right way to live our life. This, this verse. Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Whether I am with you or whether I am someplace else, I need to live my life in an acceptable way. This is an important thought. Paul, Paul is saying... There is a right way to live my life. There is a right way. There is an acceptable way to live my life. You know what that also means? There is an unacceptable way to live my life for God. Paul says there is a right way, and that's what I'm going to do. That's why I can't come to you, because God has called me to do this. But there is an unacceptable way to spend the life that God has given you. And it's very important to understand that. The question is, why do you do what you do? Why do you spend your life the way that you do? Here's what drives me. I have only one shot with my life. I don't get a do-over. We we get one shot with our life to spend it however we want. So what is it that you're going to look back and say, this is how I gave my life. This is what I used my life to accomplish. This is the legacy that I want to leave. Why do we do what we do? The first reason is because God wants us to. I know this is what God wants me to do with my life. I, I hope you're in that place. I, 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 I am. I'm pleased where, where God has my life and what he has called me to do. I'm, I'm confident of what he's called uh, my life to do. I, I hope you're there. Can you say I am doing what God wants me to do be doing with my life. So that's the first thing. The second thing is, why do we do what we do? The second thing is, because what we do will last. What we do will last. The next verse, 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Verse 9 talks about what we are doing. Verse 10 says why. Verse 9 says I need to be doing this thing that God called me to do. And verse 10 says you know why I need to be doing that? Because what I am doing with my life lasts forever. That's a scary thought. Are you willing to say I am giving my life for this purpose knowing whatever I'm doing, it lasts forever? The judgment seat of Christ is what this is talking about. One day, every believer will stand before Jesus Christ and give an account for his life. This is, this is not to be confused with the great white throne. The great white throne is where unbelievers will report to one day and stand before Christ. You, you may have thought, and I've had guys throughout my ministry tell me, look, look, Pastor Mark, long as I'm in, right? And I'll tell you, 
If that's your attitude, I don't know that you've ever met Jesus. I don't know if you ever appreciate what he's done for you, if that's, if that's the attitude, or, or, or if that's what you think you can get by with. We will answer. We will stand before Jesus Christ, and we will answer for how we live our life. We will answer for what we did with our time. We will answer for what we have done with our sin. We will answer for what our words We will answer for what we gave. We will answer for whether we served or not. We will answer. We will stand before Christ and answer for what our life has been all about. So think about this. When it is your day, you will be brought before Jesus Christ. You will stand before him and you will give an answer for your life. He will say, what did you do with your life? What will you say? What did you do with your life? And you go, me? Jesus? I ate a lot of hot dogs. That's what I did with my life. What did you do with your life? Me? I made a lot of paper airplanes. That's what I did with my life. What did you do with your life? Eh, I jumped on a trampoline with my life. What are you going to say? How are you going to answer that question? What did you do with your life? It's obvious to me. Calvary Baptist, that some of you will just say, Oh, Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I, I sang for you. I served for you. I taught little kids all about you. I, I, I fixed your house. I, I, I helped your family. I loved my neighbors. Everybody at my work knows all about you. Oh, Jesus, I taught. I sang. I gave. I helped. I went. What, what are you going to say on that day? Why do we do what we do? Because God wants us to. And because what we do will last forever. The third thing is this. Why do we do what we do? Is because eternity is real. This is a very important point. Eternity is real. Verse 11. The next verse says, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade terror of the Lord. Paul says we need to persuade people because there is a sweet salvation side full of grace and peace and joy. But there is a terror side of God that if you do not know him, if you have not trusted in Jesus Christ, God's son, that you will experience one day. And we are to live to persuade people to believe in Jesus Christ. How important is that to you? Because every day we're around people. We talk to people. We, we, we sit by people. Maybe we have never, ever thought about the fact that that person is headed someplace for all of eternity. Does that, does that affect you? Does that stir you? When's the last time your heart was stirred about someone's eternal destiny. 
Maybe there's someone close to you. Maybe there's someone in your own home, your, your workplace, your family that you just burdened about. When, when's the last time in tears you talked to Christ, you talked to God about that? Are you burdened? You know, it's not popular today to talk about hell. In the theological world, there is a constant stirring uh, about people that are, that, are, that are moving away from what the Bible has to say about the doctrine of, of eternity in hell. The, the Apostle Paul just couldn't stand the thought of people going to hell. And would to God that we were to remember why we exist. Why, why, why we do all that we do. This, this is the most important point that I have for you today. This is the reason. This is, this is why Baptist Bible College exists. Because there is an eternity awaiting every single person on the face of this planet. There is an eternity that we need to talk about. That's why we exist. Can I tell you something? That's why Calvary Baptist Church exists. I, I've been in ministry a long time. I can look at your bullet. I can tell every church I go to, there is a, there is a party. There is an activity. There is a trip. There, there is a Bible study, a men's meeting, women's meeting, a prayer meeting. A, a, churches can, we can have, we can come up with every kind of activity imaginable. Here's the deal. If they, if those activities are not helping you to develop your life, for you to grow in such a way so that you are a believer that's able to communicate your faith, you probably ought not be doing them. You could clean out a whole lot of stuff in a lot of churches that I go to because they're not helping anybody grow. They're just, we just got to do them because we're a church, right? The whole purpose of why we come together is so that you will grow. So that you will become a disciple that will go out and take the gospel with you wherever you go. This is the most important thing that we can talk about today. Eternity is real. Eternity is real. That's why we do what we do at the college. Is to prepare students to take their faith lifelong into whatever they are choosing to go into, wherever they sense God's leading. This is why we exist. This is why your church exists, because heaven and hell are real. I hope that you have settled that question. I hope that you have believed once and for all in Jesus Christ. That's why we do what we do. The fourth reason is this. Why do we do what we do? Because Christ deserves it. Christ deserves it. Verses 14 and 15 say this. For the love of Christ constraineth or compels or makes us. Because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live one of themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. This is just a very simple reminder that we get to go to heaven because Jesus Christ lived and died for us. He took my place. He took our pain. He took our shame. He took our guilt. He took our punishment. He took our nails. He shed his blood, and he gave his life all for us. So why do we give our life? Because he gave his. He gave his life for us. How can we not live for him? We get to live in heaven with him for all of eternity. Can we not live our life here for a few years with him? For him? 
Why do we do what we do? Because his love was so deep. The Apostle Paul, I love this about him. And I've known a few guys in my life in ministry. So difficult background. Just a, lives that are saved out of terrible, sinful situations and, and addictions and, and crime. And, and, but I know some guys that got saved out of that. And they never get over it. They never get over it. I... I I'm moved by that because I'm afraid. I grew up in church. I was in church the week I was born. I've been in church every week of my life. And as a long-term believer, you may understand, it can become a little normal. It can become a little cold at times, and I'm just doing and going through the motions. The Apostle Paul he was a very sinful man, and when he got saved, he knew what that meant. It changed him, and it put a fire and a passion in him. And sometimes my fellow believers that have been saved for a long time, we can get a little indifferent to all this stuff because it's just normal to us. Every day, we need to be reminded of who Jesus Christ is and what he's done for us. We are compelled to live for him because of what he's done for us. Are, are you sensing who he is in your life? Are you excited about what he has done? We, we could never, ever give enough or serve enough or love enough to deserve what Christ has done for us. The love of Christ constrains or compels us. Why do we do what we do? The fifth reason is this, because lives can be made new. You know this verse. You may not have understood the context of why Paul wrote this verse. Because this is probably the most famous verse from this passage. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. This is just such an important reminder that there is hope for anyone. I don't know your situation today. But maybe being reminded that I have a life to live. Someday I'm going to answer for it. Because someday I'm going to live it either in heaven or in hell. Maybe today you would say, I, I want that. Maybe you're coming from a background where you say, I could never be accepted here. I could never live up to, to all of this. The apostle, said, there's, the apostle Paul said, there's no greater sinner than me. He, he was cleansed when Jesus saved him. And you can be cleansed instantly. And so can all of those around you, those in your home. This short verse is such a powerful promise to anyone. Jesus died to pay for the sin of the world, and by believing on him, you can be clean instantly. Why do we do what we do? The last reason is this. Because it is up to us. Why, why do we go through all those first five points? This last point Paul says, and now, this is up to you. L listen to these words, verses 18 through 21. Paul says, and all things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ. And I want you to notice who the ministry of reconciling people to God is given to. He has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us.
the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ that be reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. God has called us to be his ambassadors. He has called us to represent him and take his saving message around the world. That's the plan. Reaching the world for Christ has been given to us. Jesus Christ came with a plan. He trained his disciples. Their job was to go out and spread the gospel. The Bible tells us they went out and changed the world. That has been passed down in time. It's passed down to Calvary Baptist Church in Taylorville, Illinois. It's our job. What, what, what is it that you are doing with your life today? We've talked a little bit about that. We've laughed a little bit about that today. What, what are you doing with your life? There are people that leave safe and secure lives and comfortable jobs, and they pack up and they leave family and friends to go to a place to reach people that they've never met. God has a plan. That plan involves you and me reaching this world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's God's plan. That's plan A. Let me think. What's plan B? Here's the deal with God. We need plan B, C, D, and E. God doesn't. His plans are always perfect. God has no plan B. His plan is for you and me to live in such a way so that we tell others about Christ. Maybe, maybe, maybe God is, is asking this question of you today. Would you go? Would you go someplace? Would you go as a missionary to someplace? Would you go to another country? Would you go and, 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 and start a church and, and reach people for Christ someplace else? Would you go and, and, and train to be a, a pastor? Would you go and train to, to help plant a church or, or serve in the church someplace? Would you do that? Because here's the deal. If God is not telling you to go, then he's telling you to stay. But the outcome is the same. You either go someplace and tell somebody about Jesus or you stay someplace and tell somebody about Jesus. If he is telling you to stay, then what are you going to decide today to do with your life? Maybe, maybe God is encouraging someone today. I, I could serve more. I can teach. I can fix things. I can greet. I, 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 can, I can help. I can be there. I, 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 can, I can help organize something. I, I can sing. I can. Well, what is it that God wants you to do with your life right here? Because if he's not telling you to go, then he's telling you to do it right here. What are you doing with your life? Why do you do what you do with your life? How are you spending the one life that God has given to you? Let me ask you this question. How is the world going to be any different because of you? 
few years ago, I was asked by a funeral home to do a funeral for an older lady that didn't have a church home. I agreed to do that. Um, but I always ask to meet with the family so that I can learn something about the person. I really do want to make that a personal situation and, and help the family. And so I, I always meet with the family, and, and I had my pen and paper, and we met in this little conference room with the funeral home, and then there were three kids there. And so I just began asking questions about this lady. I didn't know anything about her. So I began asking, so where was she born? Where did she grow up? Where did she go to school? Where did she meet your dad? You know, just basic life questions. I started into things a little more personal, just say, so, so what did she like to do? What, what did she do for a hobby? And, you know, I asked this question. Is there anything that she is known for? Are there any accomplishments that I could mention is she, is she known for doing anything special? Those kids, adults, they just kind of shook their head, didn't say anything. I thought, oh, come on. Help me out here. <laughs> did she do anything? Did she participate in anything? Did she, you know, did I... They didn't say, they didn't say, oh, she was a good mom. They didn't say anything. They didn't say, oh, she was a good cook. No. They didn't say, oh, she was a, you know, crocheted thing. She, they didn't say anything. Like, nothing. And I just kind of let the silence linger there. I'm like, come on. I went on for a couple minutes or so, and then one of them said, well, <laughs> one year she was the president of her bingo club. Well, there you go. I wrote down, president of bingo club. So I did the funeral for the president of the bingo club. I went and did the graveside for the president of the bingo club. And as I was leaving... I remember this so clearly. Some of these things that you go through in life, you just remember. I remember them because I was struggling with the decision of whether to go to Baptist Bible College and leave my church. I was struggling with it because I didn't want, I didn't want to go. And I, it just made me mad, disgusted, with a whole life lived and nobody could tell you anything that they had done. I said, God, when it is my time, please help me to have done something. Help me to have done something with my life that makes a difference in this world for you. Maybe today, that's why you're here. It's for God to start fresh in your heart today that you would live your life in such a way so that when you stand before him, you can say, God, I gave it my all for you. I served you. I worship you. I told others about you. Well, what, what is it that you're going to say today?
Maybe today's the day when you just say, I want God to use my life. God still calls people. God still sends people. And right now, I'm, let me encourage you, listen. Let's listen to God together right now. Would you bow your head with me? As we bow our head and close our eyes, I, I want you to talk to God and seek him. God, what are you telling me right now? Maybe God has been stirring your heart about something. Maybe today is the day. What am I doing with my life? God, help me to see where I'm wasting my time. God, help me to see how I can serve you clearly. God, help me to know. Talk to him right now. Do you know him? Do you know Jesus Christ? Do you know you're a part of his family? Do you walk with him and talk with him? Do you sense his presence in your life? Maybe today, if you don't, then it's a good day to nail that down once and for all. Today, would you respond to his invitation to come into your life? Maybe you've known him for a long time, but you would say, my, my life has just not been all on fire for him that it should be. And maybe today you want to say, I'm all in. I know today, now, why I do what I do. We're going to take just a, just a moment, and I, and I want to encourage you to, to pray, talk to God about this. Maybe you even want to come and just spend a moment in prayer with him. Let's stand together, all right? Our instruments are just going to play something behind us. But if you would like to come, I'd love to pray with you. Somebody else would love to pray with you. Whatever your need is, if we can help you in any way, why don't you come? As they sing, Lord, bless this very important time right now. Help us to get our life ready, to spend our life in the right way so that we know why we do what we do. God, bless this time and these folks right now in Jesus' name. If you'd like to come and pray, let me invite you. Do you like to pray right where you're at? That's fine. But let's listen to God, all right? Washes over me. You have made me new now. Life begins with you. It's your endless love pouring down.
into every part of our mind and our heart and that we would hear you, that we would seek you right back and respond. Speak to us, God. Convict us. God, help us all. I, I pray for this church. I pray for this transition that they're going through. I, I pray that their hearts would be just full of excitement and ready to serve, ready to join, ready to jump in. God, I pray for their pastor. I just pray you will put your hand on this place and bless. Be with them. Encourage them. Thank you for this wonderful church, what they do with their lives and how they stand for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Calvary Baptist, thank you so much for allowing Baptist Bible College to be with you today.